Good morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another wild, whimsical Wednesday, friends, for Torch Report 344. Today we'll be talking about the destruction of happiness, understanding the myriad reasons why liberals are so mentally unstable. <laughs> I mean, geez, you know, it doesn't take much to, to just call it like it is. If you look around and you just kind of keep your eyes open, you know, go sit somewhere in public and observe the, the, the people going by and you'll notice real quick, there are a lot of crazy people in the world. And this isn't by accident come to find out. There's always been a lot of crazy people but if you've noticed, as I've noticed, and many other people have noticed, that you know there there seems to be an increasing percentage of mentally unstable people. There's a a great global mental health crisis. Why is that? That's what we're getting into today. Not only is the IQ of the average person in precipitous decline, the rise of mental illness is on a meteoric rise. The results are on full display in major cities all around the world. Hey, go check out San Francisco or Seattle or Portland or any other cesspool and you'll see all of these crazy people. You know, maybe they're mental health issues, maybe they're drug issues, whatever, but there are a lot of people who are struggling with uh, reality, I would say. And these two trajectories of the average IQ in precipitous decline and the meteoric rise of mental illness, this is they they have a lot in common. They're both directly correlated to the so-called woke ideologies, which is really just a socialist conditioning of a progressively unstable mindset. And note that the progressive mindset, the mindset of today's progressives is the direct descendant of the radical communist revolutionary mindset that was so prevalent throughout the 20th century. Progress in the twisted collective hive mind is forever moving toward the utopian fantasies of socialism, chasing the pie in the sky delusions and becoming decreasingly detached from reality each step of the process. And as discussed at length in Torch Report 116, the regressive progressive agenda, this is a backwards way of thinking. It's a backwards way of collectivist thinking that has roots that actually predate Karl Marx. The underlying ideology dates back into the philosophies of the egalitarianism and the idealism stemming from the 18th century enlightenment. But this, friends, is not a history lesson. I want to point out that the same mental disease, the collective hive mind, collectivism, is, is what produced communism. So Marxism, communism, socialism, it's all rooted in the same distortions of reality. And this mental disease is pervading American politics today. As previously stated, the irony of this perspective is maddening. You know, the so-called enlightened leaders cannot discern the difference between what they think and actual reality. So it's not just the people on the street that are struggling here. It's the, you know, it's the professors in the Ivy uh, Ivy League institutions and all that kind of stuff. It, it's it's the political leaders. It's it's people all around the world who are who are succumbing to this. They believe that reality is indistinguishable from what they perceive from their perception. You know, the degree of arrogance ultimately is astounding. 
though it is ultimately dwarfed by the degree of ignorance and self-deception that are afflicting those who suffer from this delusion. That said, friends, it is precisely this deluded thinking, which is completely void of logic or rational thought and in utter denial of reality. That is what is driving the progressive agenda. That is what is driving the progressive obsession with equality. That is what is driving the woke uh, ideology of the moment. Now, this mindset is so infectious, it would be properly identified as a mimetic virus, a contagious set of beliefs that are not based on reality. This is why the collective hive mind is such a threat. The ability to capture the human mind is possible. We've looked a lot at the psychological warfare, the menticide, and this cult-like compliance can ultimately be cultivated with clinical precision, mind you. It's, it's like growing insanity in a Petri dish. If you need to refresh on any of this, friends, just uh, check out Torch Report 301, Memes, Memetics, and Mental Warfare. It really spells out what we're up against. I'm going to read a little excerpt here. Quote, they, the great masses of unmitigated fools, are the weapon of choice of evildoers. Not only are they content to be slaves, preferring servitude to public lashings, but by the very virtue of their majority, Majority, their collective ignorance ripples throughout the entire population, creating a strong social pressure to conform with stupidity simply because that's what most people are doing. We are herd animals after all, and this instinct to imitate is both strong and innate. This is all perfectly observable, period, end quote. But friends, resist. We must. We must resist the urge to follow the herd into this collective insanity. It reminds me of my mom's uh, bumper sticker. She's got a lot of bumper stickers, but one on there says, be a herd quitter. We need to resist the urge, not just to follow the herd, but resist the urge to passively adopt or accept the new language and the perspectives that are subtly and not so subtly being spoon fed and thrust into the consciousness of the unsuspecting masses by the virtue of your interest, friends, in, in listening to the Torch Report, reading the Torch Report, by the, by the virtue of your, of your intellectual curiosity, you have distinguished yourself as a person of exceptional intelligence, a person interested in civil affairs. And that's, you know, that is, uh, it's commendable. And I appreciate it. I applaud your curiosity. That means that you're part of the solution. And by extension, that means that we have work to do. Because the fate of humanity always rests in the hands of the few. And at this point, it rests in the hands of the few people who still uh, have their wits about them and have not been conditioned into this collective insanity. Now, while the majority of people are obliviously being prodded into global tyranny and conditioned to accept all of this global tyranny in the name of the greater good, it is, in fact, incumbent upon those of us who see what's happening to do everything that we can to prevent it. And that means that we need to deal with this mental health crisis, understand what's going on here. We cannot allow humanity to be enslaved into a technocratic dystopian hell. That would be very, very bad. And once the oppressive framework of this technocratic dystopian hell is in place and fully operational, which it nearly is, then at that point, friends, we no longer have the ability to mount an effective opposition. By biohacking humanity and treating us like hackable animals, 
The global elites intend to achieve victory over human nature. If they are successful, they will have domesticated the masses by enslaving the average citizen in the mental delusions of collectivist thinking. This is what is driving the mental health crisis. No longer being able to think for themselves, just like the Heaven's Gate cult could not think for themselves, the majority of people will keep drinking the Kool-Aid and accepting whatever the state narrative tells them to think. At this point, friends, once the majority of the people have been successfully assimilated into the collective hive mind, the state will be able to deal with the opposition however they see fit. And unfortunately, the public's going to believe whatever story they're told about these alleged dissidents and how they're dealt with. And that day friends, is not far away. We wonder how heinous crimes against humanity could be acceptable in the public mind. Well, this is how. If you, if you, you know, basically destroy people's ability to think and distort their understanding of reality, then they can accept whatever. This, the state can deal with you know, the far right-wing extremists any way they want. And I think that ultimately we can expect to see more of this sort of authoritarian impulse, this sort of crackdown cropping up whenever the next pandemic rolls out. I put a link in the report today, friends. There's a, the first ever uh, world's first human death from H3N8 bird flu has been recorded in China, according to the WHO, the World Health Organization. So I just, I was share that and just keep tabs on that. We'll talk about it in, in a future report. But between now and then, between now and the next time the next pandemic rolls out and the next authoritarian crackdown comes crops up, the mental health crisis that is currently gripping the globe is going to continue to be exploited for political gain by the global cabal. And at, you know, all of this ultimately is setting the stage for the, the final phases of the revolution, uh, the violent eradication of dissent. Now, we might want to wonder, well, how are they going to do that? I don't, uh, I don't know. You know, and we're, we're going to get to that, friends. But first, I want to share an excerpt and a couple of graphics from this article here, a stellar article on the connection between liberalism and mental illness. It was published by John Hop Hawkins over at uh, his substack, Cultural Cital. And the title of his report is, Does Liberalism Cause Mental Illness? Or does mental illness cause people to become liberal? I thought that's a great question. And the, the first chart I show here, uh, friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, you go to thetorchreport.com and click on Torch Report 344, and you'll be able to see this nifty little uh, screenshot here of the chart showing the, the catastrophic exponential rise in depression and depressive factors. It's across the board, but it really just it starts skyrocketing circa 2011 the the mental instability of liberals really just shot up uh, astronomically and then the the next little screenshot here the next chart shows a percentage of people who have mental health issues broken down by age groups it does show if you look at the line it's kind of in decline but it's showing that older people are more mentally stable than younger people but if you look at it here if you're watching the video if you're in the patriot club you're checking out the video you'll see that the uh the liberals over 50 percent of liberal women 
have had a doctor tell them they have a mental health condition. Are you kidding me? It's over 30% for men. It's unbelievable. And if you want to compare that with conservatives, it's only roughly 20% of conservative women and uh, you know, roughly 15% of conservative men say they've ever been you know, uh, diagnosed with a mental health conditioning. But over 50%, you know, in the words of John Hawkins, just, and I quote, these are his words, just think about the ramifications of the fact that among liberals 18 to 29, more than 40% of men and women and over 50% of women who have a mental health condition, how well does that bode for the workplace? How well does that bode for the kids that they raise? How well does it run for anything? You know, all too often, if you're thinking, gee, they're behaving like a crazy person, It is entirely possible that it's because they actually are a crazy person, period, end quote, according to John Hopkins, Hopkins, uh, cultural cycle. Now, Hopkins report gets into a lot of detail and he does a great job of explaining the different possible uh, possibilities for this persistent and pervasive gap in happiness and mental stability. But here now, I just want to present the fact liberals suffer from a much higher rate of mental illness while conservatives are generally happier and more mentally stable. This is a well-documented fact. It, it's remained consistent for as long as polls have been taken, and the implications of this are huge. Just as the decades of institutional conditioning continue to bear fruit, and the modern psychological warfare continues to ravage and transform the public's consciousness, I, there's no doubt, friends, we're going to see a continuation of these trends. When we connect the dots uh, between these trends in mental illness and depression to voting trends and global democracy, it becomes apparent why this is such a major issue. Unhappy, unstable people vote for more government control, naively believing that the government exists to provide them with the happiness that they lack or that their happiness is going to exist in some future utopian socialist state. If only the government could control everything and make life fair and safe, then everybody could be happy. Lies. Now, this is why the global cabal has been working on the delicate task of cultivating dissatisfaction. We talked about the delicate task of cultivating dissatisfaction in Torch Report 333, Frank Church and the Family Jewels. And just as an FYI, the Family Jewels are CIA documents associated with the Church Commission. But it talks about how they're manipulating the public mindset. They're developing dissatisfaction. And when you think about the government intentionally cultivating dissatisfaction, and then you consider the rise in mental illness, mental issues, Then the connection becomes crystal clear. You know, public dissatisfaction leads to demands for government action, government intervention, which in turn consolidates more power into the very same apparatus that is fueling the discontent. You know, communists all around the world, they've been using these tactics for centuries, friends, uh, centuries. And, and, you know, maybe you've already connected the dots and, and all of that. But I believe the big takeaway here is that young people, whose minds are still developing, are being warped by government propaganda and psychological warfare. The mental health crisis is being perpetrated intentionally to advance the globalist political agenda. And 
as more and more people lose their connection with reality, as more and more people become increasingly unstable, the state will continue to consolidate more and more control. Friends, it is a sickening loop of exploitation that needs to be called out. We have to talk about this just as with every other aspect of the progressive mentality. The distortion of what's real manifests as an inversion of reality. It's backwards. It's upside down and inside out. Let me tell you all you people what it's all about. (laughs) You know, what liberals think and what liberals project is the exact opposite of observable truth. They can't see that, but anybody with, you know, their sanity intact who doesn't have their head buried up their backside still knows that. The problem lies in the conditioned interpretations that underpin their collectivist belief systems. It is the denial of a person's individuality and independence, which leads to the collapse of self-esteem and a healthy world view. This results in the inability to make sense of life and be at peace with the world as it is. Faith, family, Fellowship, all of these pillars of conservative culture, traditional American values, these act as grounding rods to help young people process the complexities of life. And this provides the structure and the sense of meaning that's lacking in the liberal mind. While leftists try to recreate these kind of connections, they try to recreate the connections in the collective The connections in the collective are tenuous and abstract at best, you know, rather than connecting with reality, the liberal mind is trained to connect with the ideas and the concepts that serve the state and ultimately lead to self-denial, self-sacrifice and a complete breakdown of mental health, you know, friends with their minds steeped in subjective mush. Without any real grounding in reality, these poor souls become lost in the fog of mental illusions, drifting further and further away from the time-honored sources of peace, stability, and happiness. They're taught to believe that this is progress, but the data and the state of global mental health paint a much different picture. It does turn out that conditioned insanity has the opposite effect. Conditioned insanity leads people backwards. Conditioned insanity leads people into the darkness and depravity of mental captivity, friends. It's no wonder that so many liberals are so miserable. And my word to the wise today, friends, don't let them steal your joy. And that is the message of my heart for today. We're going to get more into this this, uh, mental health crisis at the global level tomorrow. I got some reports coming out from the WHO I want to dig into. Not time for that today, friends. But if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the Substack app or on the website. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And don't forget the greatest honor of all is always if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this wild, whimsical Wednesday, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. 